And I'm Julia, and welcome to Unnecessary Inks, your local tipsy YA book podcast. Those are all of the things. Yes. Maybe maybe not the normal order, but all of the things. It's been a hot second why. since we've done this. We took a week. We I took know. two weeks off, and we've lost it. I, I struggled there for a second. It's okay. It's late. I don't blame you. <laughs> So, Julia, how are you doing tonight? What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a um, Ontario uh, hard cider from it's from Niagara. Ooh. Just a cider. It's a dry cider um, by a company, I guess, whose name is Niagara. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, Can we go drinking I've... in Niagara? Because I would love to do that. <laughs> we could drive out there, yeah. <laughs> I just they did a, a whole Toronto episode of the uh, of the Bachelor um, a couple weeks ago, and they did a two on one date at Niagara, and one of the girls kept talking about how she wanted to push the other one into the falls. Oh my god! And I've just been thinking nonstop about Niagara Falls since Niagara that falls. episode. I will say I've now seen both sides of the falls, and I'm not like like it's nice to see, but like. You go there, you see the falls, and that's it. Like, there's nothing else out there. Yep. It's not impressive. (laughs) But it's cooler than Snoqualmie Falls, which is the big falls that I grew up going to see. Okay, yeah. It'll be a unique experience for my touristy self. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Anyways, how are you doing tonight? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm currently conversing with my mother about the... uh, Harry Potter collection. She is sending me tips on what not to buy in her opinion. Doesn't she understand um, that we want her to buy the pots? I know. I don't think she's she's getting it. I don't think she's getting the hints. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I might be forced to buy it myself. I'm so sad. Um, But I'm doing well otherwise. Uh, I try to watch which this is really funny. I was about to say um, I tried to watch West Side Story. I got through it. The, the new one. The 2021 one. I've seen uh, it. I did not really like it. My father literally just texted me that he also did not like it. They did not get through the rest of the movie. They tried to make it through America. I think we're just too married to that, the original version, because it okay. is so well done that, um, it's just, it's not our thing. It's not my thing. Like, I don't like Ansel Elgort. I'm so sorry to anyone who does. But I, I think I won't it's... tell Skyla you'll crush okay. her. I think that he's just, like, too plain. And Tony, Romeo in general, is a very plain character. True. That, like, if you get the wrong person, it ruins the vibe of the entire thing. So I was I was sad. The original Tony is also so good. Like, yeah, he's like okay. He has a good singing voice, and he ha- he's like very easy on the eyes. But he's also pretty like plain, just not as plain as Ansel Elgort. Well, that's my point. Like comparatively, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I agree with I, that. Ansel Elgort I was boring. I wish that they had done Jeremy Jordan because I just went back to YouTube and I rewatched his Maria take and it's just so good. Every single time I get goosebumps and I'm like, why didn't they cast him? Because Jeremy Jordan's too interesting. Oh, 
God, he would have had such a good hit if he had cast Jeremy Jordan. Like, why aren't people casting these people in movies? I don't understand what the hesitancy is. I will say, I was pleasantly surprised by how good of a singer Ansel Elgort was. Like, I was not expecting that voice to come out of him. And it it was, the tracks, like, his, his Tony tracks were very, very good musically. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you that he was a boring character. I enjoyed the movie um, when I watched it I feel it like in most theaters, people enjoyed the movie. But I watched it in theaters. So I think that's, like, also different experience. Like, it was one of the first movies we went back to go see. I was with Skyla. She was in love with the entire just ever mostly on so it was like a whole experience yeah Yeah, and um i thought that oh my god i cannot remember her name for the life of me but the girl that plays anita um she did an awesome job and i mean she's oscar nominated for that role so like kudos to her but Mm -hmm. long way she's come a long way from hamilton and so like i loved the movie just for her personally (laughs) this is what my dad said he was like um the one who is actually good is Anita. Holding her own against Rita Moreno is no achievement. Is no mean achievement. So, and Rita Moreno was really good in the movie too. Like She's I love so watching Rita good. Moreno. Just anything I mean, she is in, Rita has such like personality that it's so fun to watch. Have you watched it one day at a time? No, I haven't. My mom loves it though. That's where she was watching it. Yeah, Re- that was my like not my introduction to Rita Moreno, but like. My introduction to Rita Moreno as Rita Moreno. You know what I mean? Where I'm, like, familiar with who she actually is Mm. from that show. And she's stellar in it. It's so good. It's such a good show. I need to finish it. But it's one of my favorite comedies on Netflix. It's so well done. Um, But it's one of those comedies like Gilmore Girls where, like, I will both cry and laugh in every single episode. And so I have to parse it out very slowly. Yeah. Um, okay, so you didn't like it. That's fair. Were there any I was, high points? I was sad. <laughs> any high points that have recently happened? Um, no, I went to a board game cafe with a friend, which was fun. But otherwise, I have been basically heads down doing four group projects for four classes, which is absolutely insane. I'm so tired all the time. My electricity went out randomly one morning, which was really fun. Um, don't know why. I thought, okay, this is, like, you know when you, like, wake up and you're kind of delirious and, like, something has happened? And so you, like, justify or, like, you tell yourself, like, it's something and it's, like, completely weird and makes absolutely no sense. But when you're so tired, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I woke up. It was five in the morning when the electricity went out. And my fan, um, in my bedroom is pretty loud, but I leave it on because it's white noise. Um, and... I woke up because it was like the silence is deafening, right? Mm, mm-hmm. So my fan had gone off. So I was like, okay, like I'll go to the bathroom. Um, turn the light on, doesn't turn on, and I realized the electricity at my building is out. And for some reason, I was like, oh my god. I think because the night before I've been thinking, like, is it bad that I keep my fan on all night? Like I've never done that before. Which it's not bad. But like in my head, I'm like, oh my god, the electricity on the block as I went I went to check um the hydro place that like gives our electricity um and I could see like it was my block and the block surrounding I'm thinking oh my god I left my fan on last night and I blew 
the electricity for everyone around me. Yep, like your fan, your people. fan is the one that did it. That's for sure, Julia. I don't know why I thought I was like delirious. So that was that was <laughs> really great. And like I like went back to sleep for another hour, and I woke up and I was like, that was so stupid. Why should I think that? I've been there though. I totally get that. It was so weird. So yeah, that was me. No, nothing like too crazy. I'm just like very tired. So this is gonna be a very delirious podcast for me. Ooh. <laughs> How about you? How have you been? What are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking. <laughs> I made Sky look cringe when I opened this wine earlier. Um, so you know I joined a wine club, right? From Evoke Winery mm-hmm. is the winery mm-hmm. I joined, which uh. used which used to be called Naked Winery, but they changed it because of Naked Wines Online. Yeah, whole thing. Um, but their their yep. fancy their fancy wine line. Because they have their normal wine line and then their fancy wine line. And mm-hmm. um, I have two bottles from the fancy wine line and I opened up one of them. But the fancy wine line's name is, uh, it's called O-Orgasmic. <laughs> so I'm drinking the O-Orgasmic Syrah tonight. So they get rid of naked in their name, but then they have wines like that. Yeah, the only reason, everything is still the same with their branding. They just changed Naked to Evoke. Um, But, like, they kept their same, like, wine names. They kept their same branding and, like, labeling system. They just changed the winery name. Um, Because the only reason they changed, they existed before NakedWines.com, but NakedWines.com was going to drive them out of business unintentionally. Mm -hmm. So they just changed their name so they had a little bit of a differentiation factor that makes sense but yeah they kept everything else the same about their business model because their business model was working like it's an Oregon winery they have three tasting rooms in central Oregon and like western Oregon um and I feel like for a winery to have three tasting rooms is like pretty decent maybe I'm dumb but that feels like a decent showing I don't know. Yeah. You're the wine expert. I don't, I, don't, know. I don't think it really matters how many tasting rooms they have. It's more about are you happy with the wine and the price that you're paying? My wine club is pretty reasonable for its six bottles that I get four times a year. Um, and like this on its own, if I were to just buy this, would be like a 70 or $80 bottle of wine. And yeah. I paid like so $150 for six bottles, yeah. which included this. So. Yeah, I'm I'm not complaining. Um, would I pay $80 for this wine? Fuck no. I wouldn't pay $80 for any wine. Ever. I would. Yeah, you and I are different, though. I just paid $80 for a bottle of wine for myself. <laughs> yeah. Maybe for, like, a champagne, I would. Champagne, I really believe you have to go up to the 80s for a really good bottle of champagne. But for, like, a Syrah, would I really pay $80 for yeah. a bottle? No. Because can I find a, a good Cabernet. Syrah? But I don't, you don't drink like those. So I'm okay. I'm good. Me and my Syrahs and my Zinfandels and my Malbecs will stay on the cheap end. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Um, but yeah, so anyways, that's, that was a very long tangent for, for what I'm drinking. Just the name is very funny, so I had to mention it. Um, but I'm drinking a straw. It's very good. Very tasty. Um, let's see. What's new with me? Uh, I'm also exhausted, but for different reasons. Uh, we didn't record last week, but the week before that, I did a trip to Disneyland, which is like a six-hour drive for me. So we drove down Thursday night. We're in the parks Friday, Saturday, Sunday, drove back Monday, and then we had school and work on Tuesday. So it was like a long weekend, but very, very fun. Um, I could talk about it for hours, so I'm definitely not going to do that on the podcast. That's why we caught up earlier, but that was fun. And then this last weekend, we didn't do too much, but it was not as restful as it probably could have been. And then this week, I got drugged to two lacrosse games. Skyla had a paper on Romeo and Juliet due, and she has a oh. Spanish project due this next weekend. So, like, I literally, Thursday night, was up with her until, like, 11.30, fi- helping her finish her Romeo and Juliet essay. Oh, God. <laughs> Man. Um. Anyway, so, and then she had a friend spend the night. Last night, it, yeah, it's been a long week, so. I'm also very loopy, and on almost done with my second glass of wine so it's gonna be a really fun episode especially by the time i get to pop culture references. <laughs> which there's a lot of in uh these couple of chapters of of jennifer james so i'm i'm really excited to like dive into the drama because her drama is definitely a little bit more than what i'm seeing in real life high school right now but kind of almost on par which is sad for probably both Jennifer and Skyla. (laughs) It's one of the hard things about reading these like reality books of like things that are based in contemporary times. It feels very true to form with like my current life and it's a little stressful but I'm enjoying it but it's stressful. A little too relatable. Yeah. Um, but today we're going to be talking about two chapter sections. Uh, so basically we'll be covering September 13th to September 26th of the actual real, real reality of Jennifer James. Um, and I think we should just get right into it, you know, 20 minutes in <laughs> to this recording. Uh, Julia, do you want to give us a synopsis? Yes. So, starting with September, the section, September 13th through 19th, titled Vote Your Mates. Vote for your mates, sorry. (laughs) Jennifer is having a rough day as everyone tries to get votes for the competition, and Tallulah and Marcus are running together with a slogan of Vote for Your Mates. Marcus and Tallulah equal success. To make it worse, Marcus comes over, flirts with Jennifer, and gives her a button, which he tells her to give to her brother. The students all start giving speeches as to why they won't be picked and why they want to be picked. <laughs> well, they won't be picked, but um, Miss Mooney pulls Jennifer aside, tells her to make a speech and that she will handle the rest because they need at least one intelligent student to represent them. Miss Mooney. <laughs> Marcus and Tallulah perform a song and Jennifer admits Marcus makes good music. Then Miss Mooney calls her name to give a speech, and she gets shoved onto the stage. Poor Jennifer. 
She gives a speech basically about how much she hates London Comprehensive and wants to go to St. Willibald's and then runs off the stage and heads home. She stays homesick the next day, but Vicky texts her and tells her she made it into the competition. She knows her mom will eventually find out, but goes into the school because she is needed for prep and admits she voted for Marcus. We then get a Daily Rumor article interviewing the students and giving her the giving the lowdown on the competition. Her dad brings it home so her mom finds out and blows a gasket. Then her dad stands up to her mom, says Jennifer can do it if, if it is for her school, and he is tired of trying to go by Jocasta instead of mom or Sheila. And then he takes Jonathan for fish and chips. <laughs> dad for the win. Oh my goodness. The next day, we learn how the teacher's prize will be distributed based on the number of points they tally for their interesting lessons. And Talila corners Jennifer, letting her know there is no way she got enough votes, no way she will actually win, and to tell and telling her to stay away from Marcus. Jennifer then internally comments on Talula's butt tattoo and also hopes Marcus didn't say what Talula implied he said about her thinks about what Miss Moody meant before she gave her speech, and wonders what kissing Marcus is like. We learn Amanda Knox and Theo may be starting a romance, and Jennifer tries to figure out if she likes Marcus and to talk herself into being able to fight for him as much as Tallulah if she chooses. Moving on to September 20th to 26th, titled The Most Unpopular Girl in Our Year, Jennifer doesn't want to go to school, but sucks it up, and Jacasa is actually nice for a few minutes to her. She shows up to school, and a bunch of people are protesting the show, limiting the student competition, but Vicky stands up for Jennifer and tells the cameras to vote for her. Some of the celebs show up, and then someone lets a goat loose, and people start throwing eggs and chaos unravels, though Storm says it makes great TV. This is so British. We get a Tribune article which notes the protest is being led by the disgruntled leader of the teachers' union who chains himself to a tree in protest. Storm sends an email to the contestants giving them the schedule and letting them know they will be interviewed the day with that, that day with the first expulsion happening on Friday. There are new fixed cameras installed around the room at, or around the school and Tulula seems to be flirting with each camera. In the meeting with the production, Jennifer wonders if she should apologize to Marcus for taking his spot and introduces us to the other kid, kids competing. Jennifer clearly has negative feelings about Storm, comparing him to a character from a horror movie, but loves Abby Sparks, the host who interviews them. After the interview, Jennifer hopes she doesn't kick off, get kicked off the first week notices notes the guy still in the tree and wish, wishes she could actually watch the show her mom leaves and her dad gets all weird but tells her he is proud of her no matter what happens we get an article explaining the nighttime antics of the celebs and projecting that Tallulah and serena from 12th year will be the top contenders jennifer is the only one who didn't watch the episode but they apparently saw Tallulah's underwear and then we learn abby and storm are dating Vicky's dad gives her a rundown of what the live stream shows, and apparently the celebs have to go over their lesson plans with educational experts, are corrected over time, and then at night, they just drink a lot, cook over Bunsen burners, and it's all on camera with the producers hoping that alcohol will make them do something crazy. 
We learned Talula's mom is going to record all of the live stream and then pay someone to edit it into an acting role for Tallulah. They have their first lessons with a celeb, Sir Harvey Harvey, and he has them play hockey, puts Tallulah in her place, and helps Jennifer so she is a fan of him. The next entry is listed as top secret. Jennifer runs into Marcus and they have a moment. Then a news article tells us tells us the guy is still in a tree and rebel students are bringing him supplies and that Kelly thinks Jennifer is voting on this fix given she is so unpopular. Jennifer then doesn't give much detail but says she is staying on the show. A Daily Rumor article tells us celeb Freddie McCrum, who lost to kids to a pub, burned his eyebrows off, and cried math class, was voted off. One of the twins from year nine also gets voted off, and it causes a rift between them. Jennifer explains how the recording the night before went and got to see some of the highlights from the week, but she is also bummed because Marcus was in the audience with a t-shirt that said, Go to Lula. Heartbreak. We then learn that the student protesters tried to break into the filming and managed to bypass security and get on the stage where Kelly said to Jennifer that she shouldn't be on the show because everyone hates her, which of course shakes her up, so she the next day goes in search of chocolate. Abby Sparks then calls her and tells her the Kelly thing may help her in the competition because people root for an underdog and asks if Jennifer has any other clothes. She says, not really because of Jocasta, so Abby says she'll see if she can do something about that. Then Jennifer tries to focus on doing her homework, but keeps thinking about what Marcus sees in Tallulah and decides she's going to ignore him. She has Whew. so bad. Oh my god. Yes. She ends so many of these sections like, Marcus, 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 Marcus. 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 I hate him. Just Marcus. kidding. He doesn't register on my radar at all. Nope. Who is Marcus? What? But Marcus. Yeah, she's uh, a little down bad there. Just, just a bit. <laughs> so, Julia, what do we think about these chapters? I, okay. There is so much that happens. Like, in, not... Uh, okay it's weird like there's a lot that happens and there's a lot that doesn't happen all at the same time um i also just lost my my notes this is really no. smart okay. um i have a synopsis here but anyway <laughs> it's like a lot of setting up all of the characters um who we met at the very beginning right yeah um i'm jumping ahead a bit um <laughs> But the Miss Mooney situation is, it's, like, it's obviously very fishy. Like, so questionable. Yeah, we know that there's something going on here, but we don't know exactly what is going on. And the fact that Marcus doesn't make it in, but Tallulah makes it in, and they were running with each other, is kind of also fishy. Um... True. I mean, it's very obvious, I think, though it's not explicitly said, um, that Kelly's right. The whole situation Mm -hmm. has been rigged. Yeah. And Jennifer's just, like, going, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Pretending it doesn't exist, but, like, it's definitely been been fixed because they need at least one nerd in the group so they seem like the school is not full of complete idiots 
it's like weird because like when I was reading this as a kid, I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. Why would they do that? Blah, blah, blah. But now that I read it as an adult, I'm like, as somebody Obviously. who, who like, has been in a business and like know about PR and stuff, like now I kind of get why and it's much more obvious. Like it doesn't justify it. Not that that like this is a realistic scenario in any situation anyway, but <laughs> I get why from a PR standpoint, Miss Mooney would want to rig a little bit. 100%. I think what would have made the most sense for them to do is when they're setting up the competition, say, okay, there's going to be two kids from every grade representing the class and you're going for a scholarship. One kid will be voted on. The other kid will be chosen by the teachers. That would be way too sensible. Well, I am a Ravenclaw. What do you want from me? <laughs> that would oh be God. that would be a lot better though. Rating these characters is gonna be a fucking thing. Yep. Yep. I'm not They're gonna all think about crazy. it. I'm not gonna think about it until the end. I'm just gonna pretend it doesn't exist. It's fine. We're not thinking about it. Um Yeah, the Miss Mooney stuff is a little much like, I really, I felt so bad for her, like, having, like, all of a sudden having to be pushed up onto the stage to do something that she does want to do. But, like, that doesn't mean that she wants to, like, do it at the same time. She doesn't want to do it in the sense of a popularity contest. She wants to compete, exactly. but she doesn't want to have to try to win a popularity contest. I it's hard. I feel so bad for her. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for her, too. I feel bad for Miss Mooney because this is a shitty situation to be the vice principal of. Yeah, this TV we'll show's come a back mess. To Ms. Mooney. This, <laughs> okay, fair, but this TV show is a mess, like an absolute mess. Oh yeah, it is. I. It's do- like okay, <laughs> it's like every British like if you think about it, Love Island is just like a polished mess. Yes. It's the same thing. We're like, it's just absolute chaos. They just have figured out a way to make it look okay. That's how I feel about Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. Like, I made this, I'm jumping, this is my Paul Culture reference, but I'm jumping ahead. But it's still like the, um, I brought it up at the very beginning and when we started this, so it's not like new, but, um, the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, I, you've probably never watched that. I only watched it because of Dougie Pointer. Who <laughs> was in a band. Um, that is also just like a polished mess where you throw a bunch of celebrities into the wild and you watch them like go fully ballistic, like touching spiders or eating like bugs and blah, blah, blah. And it makes no sense. But like somehow the reality TV show works. The Brits are weird. Yes, they are. They they think of the most insane things, which is why this book is, like, so wild is because, like, it's never happened, but it feels like it could happen. Like, if you think about it, too, though, with MTV, they've done stuff like this where it's, like, did you ever watch the My Sweet 16 um, shows? Oh, where they yeah. Would, yeah. Like, it's stuff like that. It's, like, why would you ever do this? You would make a whole reality show out of somebody throwing this crazy Sweet 16. 
I th- take it one step further. Um, teen Mom. Why was that a reality TV show? Exactly. We're getting off track. Uh, yes, we are. Back, back to Jennifer James, where nobody is getting pregnant. Yes. Maybe Tallulah, <laughs> but not as far as we know, at least. Um, I... I'm trying to figure Marcus out. I'm so confused by this boy. I know. He is very... He's such a, like, book, like, to the book. I'm blanking on the word I'm looking for. But, like, textbook male character in a YA. Where it's, like, you have... Well, not, like, classic YA. Like, more, like, realistic YA. Where, like, it's very confusing. You don't really know what's going on. You think that you don't like him. But, like, he does stuff that's really nice. But then he gets, like, a vote for Tallulah and Marcus. But and you're like what? <laughs> he he definitely contains multitudes, but I don't understand the multitudes, so he I'm is very confused. A boy. Yeah. So we'll see. Um I was cracking up just with the footnotes in this chapter because she was giving yes. she was giving footnotes for things that I don't feel like needed footnotes, but then like actual Britishisms, I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? And there's no footnote. So for example, she gives a footnote for Dean saying Asta La Vista baby. I just had that one. <laughs> and the footnote makes less sense than the original phrase. What does plonker mean? I don't know. I would love to know that as well. I have no idea. Like I, mean, I need it must be like I'm an idiot the... or something. Probably. That's what it sounds like. Something plonks. Like Yeah. Well, sure. Onomatopoeia. Fine. But like I need a footnote for the footnote. But then we we have a footnote com- uh, explaining Clarasil. Clarasil, whatever you want to call it. There's footnotes explaining Britney Spears. I'm like, why? We all Everyone know who knows Britney, who Britney Spears, Spears is. It's Especially like she wrote in 2006. This. It's like she wrote this for someone in the future, but who is still in the UK. I feel like you still know But then who sometimes she does. Sometimes she does do the British slang. Like, there's not a consistency. It's really, it's great. Well, it checks out for a teenage girl's brain, so I guess that makes sense. Yes. Um... I did, I know we were talking about Miss Mooney. I did, though, appreciate, like, how early on, just to set the stage of how bonkers all of this is, how willing everyone is to just defraud the whole process and competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No cares. No shits given in the world. Um, I was confused, and maybe you can answer this for me as another reader of fantasy, the I know you read slightly less than I do, but why on earth would Jennifer call, she calls the feminist Bible the female eunuch. How do you make a female version of a eunuch? Is that even I don't know. It's funny because I noted that because I was like, I feel like Chantelle is going to have a comment about this. And I have nothing to say about it. I just, I like, just have it highlighted. This is contemporary YA realistic fiction. Like, is that a common enough term in YA that, like, the casual YA reader is going to know what a eunuch is? That's such a fantasy 
historical like thing. We did learn about it. I remember in my like tenth grade English class. I have no idea what the context was. I, I learned about there. it from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah. Varys was um, how I learned what a eunuch was. I'm wondering what the context was. It must have been in something that we were reading. Because, like, I think my 10th grade English class was just, like, a free-for-all. I mean, maybe in Britain they talk about eunuchs a lot more. I don't know. But it just, <laughs> it felt like a weird thing to say tied to, like, feminism. I'm like, this, unless the point is the feminist Bible is they're all going to go around chopping dicks off. That's not a bad interpretation of it. Then. But then it wouldn't be the female eunuch. It would be the making of eunuchs by the females. And that's too long for a book title. So, Oh, you know what it was in that you know, came up? It was about the history of China because they had um, eunuchs there. <laughs> I just remembered that. <laughs> uh, I did not learn that much in world history. I remember when we were learning about China and Japan, we watched The Manchurian Candidate, and that's... Uh... The American school system. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I am glad, though, that at least Jennifer is finally starting to admit to herself that she has a small thing for Marcus. Because it was a, it was so weird in the first couple of chapters where she was like, ugh, he's so annoying. I was like, he's not doing anything to you. Why are you so, like, aggressively angry about him speaking and existing? So now I'm like, okay, she's at least starting to recognize that she has feelings and needs to parse out what, what those are. Okay, anyways, so I was really uncomfy with how the tabloids were comparing... Tallulah to Pamela Anderson because she's a minor and Pamela Anderson was like a sex symbol and I know. why do they do that I get that she's probably like what 16 17 and they view age of consent and sex very differently in Europe like I get all of that but Having an almost 16-year-old living in my house, it made me very uncomfortable. I think, like, what's weird, too, is, like, thinking about it nowadays, we have TikTokers who are minors and around yeah, that age. Exactly. And they get printed pretty similarly in the prints, like, about their dating life and, like, speculation on their sex life. Like, it's very uncomfy. Oh, literally, we there was a slumber party at my house last night, right? And they were talking about this TikToker girl who was, like, lying about her age and she was, like, 13 or something but was pretending she was 17 and started dating this guy who was 18 and then got pregnant and then had an abortion <gasps> at 13. Oh, my God. And I was like, did that guy get tried? <laughs> and they were like, that I don't crazy. know. They were just like, we don't like her because she's annoying. And I was like, shoot. That's statutory rape. Wait, I'm sorry. Back up. Hold on. Oh, my God. But, yeah, TikTok makes it feel just, like, too adult too quick, and it's not not good for kiddos, and it's scary. Oh, my so. God. Yeah. The, anyway, it made me uncomfy. I just didn't – I didn't like it. But also, yeah. I'm sorry, Tallulah's manager is not a real person, right? Her manager's name is Shandy P. What – what kind of a name is that? 
it could be a nickname too who names their kid shandy Why well, I'm going to be asking this question, I'm pretty sure, about a different person every episode about, like, what these weird British names are. I know. Well, isn't Shandy her mother? No, no, no. Her manager's name is Shandy P. It's a separate manager, the person that's going to, like, help figure out how to put together that acting reel that her oh, mom yeah. wants. Yeah. Um... Maybe it is her mom. Maybe she's a momager. I don't know. That hasn't been made clear yet. <laughs> this is actually Kendall Jenner. <laughs> Chris, Chris Jenner? Or Tallulah's Kendall Jenner? Tallulah's Kendall Jenner. Uh, okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really appreciated... I know I kind of mentioned this when you were doing the recap, but I really appreciated her dad just like straight up out of nowhere giving a great rebuttal yeah. to Jacosta's craziness. And I also really love that him standing up to her, like, surprised himself. I thought that was a really nice touch. He, like, didn't know he had it in him. Because <laughs> he's so just, like, bluff all the other times. I thought it was really sweet. And it was it was very funny. Um, I, I was just, it was wild how Jennifer was, like, questioning, again, if a literal high schooler had a boob job. It just felt... So 2006. We all talked about that. I remember I had conversations with my friends in high school about stuff like that. Like, I can remember this girl had a butt tattoo and we all talked about it. Like, that was what kept us entertained. Like, we were simple people back then. Well, it just reminds me, I mean, I don't know if I actually made this pop culture reference, so I'll just make it now. But it's like The Princess Diaries. I think there's one of the books where Lily and Mia make a list of all of these celebrities and whether or not their boobs are real or fake in her journal. Oh my god. And I was like, it was just such a thing we talked about in the early aughts that everyone was like obsessed with everyone else's like plasticity. Yeah. It's much more normalized now, but yeah. Yeah, it just, I, it definitely felt like a product of the time. I wasn't mad about it. Absolutely. It just definitely felt like a product of yeah. the time. Uh, I also thought it was kind of funny and cute um not cute like oh that's cute but just like cute how Tallulah was trying to interpret what Marcus was saying about Jennifer and Jonathan as a negative when like what he said could totally be interpreted as a positive because again he's so vague so vague <laughs> I'm he choosing is Switzerland. He really is. I'm choosing. Well, even Switzerland is like blocking Russians from accessing money. So Switzerland has broken aside. their neutrality. They did. Uh, but I, I just definitely was trying to take what Marcus said as a positive and like screw Tallulah and her negativity. Um, and yeah, just overall. Well, two things. Okay, last two things. Exciting that we got the book title in mm-hmm. in this chapter. That was fun. But also the, like, not necessarily mood swings, but just, like, the thought swings on, on Jennifer. Like, she's almost there and, like, having a really good, interesting, compelling thought about Miss Moody and then just, whoop, starts thinking about making out with Marcus. And I was like, how did you... What mental gymnastics did you just do to... Can't track. 
don't understand anymore, but. I know. I feel like it's weird, because, like, the author, Jillian, um, does a really good job of, like, getting into teenagers' minds mm-hmm. as an adult, because well, it feels like how I feel like we would have thought, though, back then. Probably how most teenagers would have thought. Not you, though. (laughs) I was a pick-me. I can't even pretend I wasn't a pick-me when I was in high school. I really was. I was walking around being like, I'm not like other girls. (laughs) Don't Oh, I was so obnoxious. I did confirm today, though, um, with some some of the younger generation that pick-me still means the same thing. For, for the younger generation, and they are still using it as an insult, so there's that. Oh, good. She got in trouble, uh, one of the girls got in trouble for calling another girl a pick-me in class. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, go. I was like, that's kind of funny, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, okay, that's all I had for... The, uh, the 13th through the 19th. Did you have anything else for that section? I did not. I did not know. All right. What did you have for the 20th through the 26th? Um. Oh, okay. I remember. So when I first read this, I still remember I was kind of like Jennifer where I was like, I love Abby Sparks. Like she is what I want to be. Blah, blah, blah. Like I could relate to her so much. Um. Obviously, I did not have access to all these, like, cool British female commentators back then. But I watched a lot of British talk shows. I don't know why. (laughs) I think because I was super, at the time, like, into the British YouTubers and, like, the British culture in general. Like, I was into skins and stuff. And so they would go on to, like, these interviews. So there were a lot of these British female commentators, like, dressed so cool. Like, I've mentioned this before. Like, Alexa Chung was, like, the Abby Sparks for me. When Jennifer talks about Abby Sparks dating Storm, my heart broke for her because I was like, oh my god, like, she's realizing how shitty all of, like, the media people actually are. Like, it doesn't matter how cool you come across, like, you're going to be dating someone who is insane and, like, not good. Um, So I'm excited to see what she thinks of Abby and Storm for the rest of the book. Because there's some drama with that. Should be, should um, be interesting. Yes. She actually, now that I'm looking at it here, she sets up a lot of the drama that ends up unfolding later on throughout the book. Like, there's a lot of hints to it in here. Like, I mean, I just Ooh. gave one away. But, um, yeah, there's a lot going on in here that he, she kind of alludes to. Um, I kind of... <laughs> the... the Leader of the teachers union, what's his name, who um chains himself to the tree. What a wacko. I like just I can't. It just feels so insane. Like all of the characters between Jacosta and this guy. The activism oh, is God. unparalleled. It's a bit intense. It really made me wonder. Like, if something like this happened in my hometown in Millbury, Vermont, tiny little sleepy town with a really high-end liberal arts college, how would people react? Because I kind of feel like people would do this. 
because people are insane and they are these like activists who think that they're doing good for the world when in reality they're probably not doing anything at all like i'm sorry to say um so god it's just so funny to think about that happening in middlebury it would be such a shit show it'd be hilarious i would watch it hilarious i just i can picture like teachers i knew in my high school who would be like absolutely against this and other teachers who would be like preening in front of the cameras oh yeah same same 100 (laughs) percent um we should do our own casting for like a down the box celebrities and stuff not like teachers because we don't want to do that but it'd be really funny sir harvey harvey is one of my favorite celebrities so we get our first introduction to him here um, we still have another to come, uh, who I will not give away yet, but he is a gem. He is, like, the most he consistent seems character. great. I like him so far. Yeah. I'm excited. I love, I actually didn't realize, yeah, it's in this one, um, Freddie McCrum loses his class and they end up at a pub. I'm pretty sure they're, like, ninth graders. <laughs> I know. I what mean, the fuck? I don't... You can enter a pub, I think, at that age in the UK, but it's just really funny to picture this, like, half of this um, group showing up in a pub and being like, yeah, we're on this reality TV show. Our instructor, who is a celebrity, lost us. <laughs> These poor kids. Oh, God. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> It is, like, wild how fast all of this happens, too, because it's basically, like, we're getting told to have an interview, and in the same span of that week, they get voted off. It was intense. It really was. It was kind of crazy, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. I felt bad for Jennifer when Marcus showed up with the, uh, Go Tallulah t-shirt. It's a bit of a bummer. Getting mixed signals here, Marcus. So what are your thoughts? Okay. Well, going back to the to the start of the section, because I have many. I have a whole page worth of thoughts, Julia, so you're just going to have to bear with me here for more than a second, because this may take a while. <laughs> um, I really loved the line that Jennifer said, where she was like, I just swallowed tears, pride snotty stuff you name it like (laughs) the juxtaposition of figurative and literal language was just so funny it's very clever like it was just very it was a very clever line and it's so teenage and i i adored it i thought it was great it is um i had a lot of thoughts about this absurd protest at the school who Who's, what's, is Britain okay? Like, who's letting people do this stuff where they're chucking eggs at teachers and just letting goats run free on school grounds? I know. It's absolute madness. (laughs) I feel like outside of London, my view of, like, British culture comes from this book which is just absolutely crazy and then a mix of skins which is also in its own 
dimension absolutely crazy. It's not good. I mean, that's fair. Outside of London, um, I'm I'm honestly fairly convinced that England is still living in the Pride and Prejudice era, so <laughs> this is at least closer to reality than what I picture of England. <laughs> like, I yeah. think of London as this, like, amazing, modern, cool, hip city, and then everyone else is just wearing corsets and walking through mud in long dresses. <laughs> there's carriages on the roads and they're standing at the uh everyone peak owns looking a out farm and the... <laughs> well the goat you know there you go and they're chucking eggs oh my god it's someone just... has a chicken it's just like right the chicken starts flapping and gets free it's very very victorian era like what can what can you say um, but I just, yeah, I thought the whole protest was absolute madness. It's just, like, wild that people get this upset over a reality TV show. I can't imagine having this many feelings about a reality TV show that I would feel the need to chuck an egg at someone ever. <laughs> but, uh, I'm not these teens, I guess. Um, I wasn't feeling great about Jennifer slut shaming Tallulah in this section. Like, it. I know. It's. I get that Jennifer doesn't like her. I get that teenagers, like, say mean things about the people that they don't like. But it's just starting to feel a little bit much, especially because we never get Tallulah's perspective for her to, like, stand up for herself or to see the wholeness of her character where maybe she was really embarrassed that her underwear got shown on TV. Maybe she, you know, has all of these other mental issues that are causing her to act out and, like, crave this kind of attention. And that needs to be dealt with, not attacked. And I'm just... My therapy brain is not handling this (laughs) YA contemporary stuff well. I'm trying, but I do so much better when people are fighting monsters. I Just remember, it did come out, it came out in 2006 when this was like the reality kind of YA fictional books were all like really not good for women and women, you know? Women supporting women. Yeah, it's definitely the opposite of that. I, I get that. I think it's hard too because like other than Princess Diaries, I cannot think of, like, reality YA that I read, like, contemporary YA that I read. I just read YA fantasy. (laughs) Or I would read, like, crazy books. Like, I'm pretty sure in seventh grade I tried to pick up Wuthering Heights, and I was like, yeah, I can read this. (laughs) Do you know what seventh grade Chantel could not do? Comprehend Wuthering Heights. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I, like, my mother, I remember distinctly my mother gave me, around that time, actually, beautiful illustrated copies, woodcut copies of Wuthering Heights and Jane Eyre. For some reason, I love Jane Eyre. Wuthering Heights, I think I got two pages in. I was like, what is this? Wuthering Heights is rough. Even reading it, it is as an rough. adult, rough. It is so rough, but, like, people love it, and I don't know, maybe. I I think people that loved, maybe this is a hot take, and, um, I apologize if I offend anyone, but I think the people that love Wuthering Heights are severely depressed. 
Yeah. And have only ever been in toxic relationships and do not know what healthy love looks like. Fans of Wuthering Heights, can you let us know if you're okay? <laughs> yeah, we just want to check are you in. doing? We to make sure you're doing all right. Um, I mean, honestly, a lot of fans of Jane Eyre, too. I'm like, if you read Jane Eyre uncritically, I have concerns for you as well. But Jane Eyre is one of my favorite classics. Like, I adore Jane Eyre for lots of reasons. Me too. But it's it's also a rough book for feminism yes. in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah okay that was a tangent um anyways this is the yeah i don't feel good about the slut shaving of tallulah i'm bracing myself for more but i will probably call it out every time it starts to feel a little bit too much because it's just a lot uh i i really appreciated that there was that crazy guy that trained chained himself to a tree Oh yeah, he he shows up again soon, so don't worry. If you love him, he will he will oh. be there for a while. It just reminds me, and I guess this also harkens back to like the two thousand four to like two thousand seven era when like we would get all of these crazy news stories of environmentalists literally chaining themselves to trees to like protect a forest or whatever. And to protect, prevent the yep. tree from getting bulldozed, like, it just, oh, it brought back some nostalgia for when we'd get all those crazy news stories. And I was like, yeah, this checks out for the time period. Oh, yes. Uh, Storm is a legit psychopath. Yeah. I'm sorry. He I love literally... that, like... Go ahead. I was just saying, like, I love that Jennifer immediately clocks him as that like we just know she knows i mean we're getting her point of view right so it could be skewed but like i think that we can all agree that he's crazy i don't even need her perspective to know that like as long as what she put in the letter was accurate who who writes kids a letter to tell kids literal children to be like show up to this interview or i'm gonna murder you (laughs) yep Reality TV is a frightening place. <laughs> it's like you wonder why so many people come out of The Bachelor and Bachelorette needing a lot of therapy. That show, the producers mess people up. Yeah. <laughs> On well, that show. They, like, really provoke them in ways that probably are, like, ethically questionable. Oh, my God, yeah. I will say, though, in this chapter, Snarky Jennifer does make me chuckle um where like she's she's hoping one of the teachers isn't teaching the celebs like teaching them how to do lesson plans because she says that the teachers do to retire the next year but her skills retired years ago I just, ugh, I appreciated that. Like, snarky Jennifer when it's not, like, actively really tearing other people down and, you know, just crimes against women. It's kind of funny. I agree. Uh, She is very opinionated. Yes, yes, she is. Uh, I'm still going to harp on these footnotes because I need definitions for some of these British words, but instead Jennifer is giving footnotes for Cruella DeVille and Britney Spears. Who doesn't know. know who Cruella DeVille and Britney Spears are? 
someone in the future. She, I'm telling you, she's writing for the future. She's like, someone in a hundred years is going to find this book and not know who Cruella de Vil or Britney Spears is. Actually, more like maybe 500 years. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even if you're writing it for 15 years from now and you think 101 Dalmatians will have lost relevance, you'd be wrong because Disney Plus just made a villain origin story. (laughs) And they're going to keep remaking it and keep remaking it. They'll just make sequels. It'll be great. (laughs) And then one day Britney Spears is going to have some huge documentary made about her and then she's going to be relevant still. Didn't she already have, like, three Hulu documentaries made about her... Conserv- uh, I'm sure there will be even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't need definitions for those things. Define the British words, please, and thank you, but that's fine. Uh, I did, I did, we want to talk about, because this is different from how Americans think about school and children and reality TV. I know the Brits are more sex positive. I'm happy for them. But how the hell does a reality TV show about a high school air footage of a celeb rubbing cream into another celeb's ass? Uh, I don't know. I that I do not have any explanation for. Like, I'm sorry. This this reality TV show is supposed to be about teaching students. This is not supposed to be too hot to handle. Or Love Island. Like, what are we watching? Is it a dating show? Is it a teaching show? Is it both? Are they going to start making the teachers date the students? Because then I'm going to have to put my foot down. No. No, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. There's some questionable things, but uh, not that. Okay. All right, good. But, I mean, maybe it does make sense because they are sponsored by a toilet paper company. So maybe they want people focused on butts so they can remember to wipe. Charmin. That is definitely not the name of the toilet paper company. Sorry, just like a I W. Know. It just reminded me of the Charmin bears and they're like all about their butt, bear butts. Exactly. Another pop culture reference. We're, we're doing good. Not making pop culture references. Uh, I... Just in general, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over the premise of this show. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to just, like, get in to the insanity of, like, what's happening. But it's still just a little (laughs) too insane for me right now. Because there's just... They're trying to do so many different things with this television show. Like, there's a comp... There's three competitions... Three. There are three competitions built into the show. Separate competitions. And there are points associated with different aspects of the different competitions. And also, it's like a reality TV dating show or like Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother, because they're like filming them in after hours, like living in the school. It's it's cramming like seven TV shows into one. And I my brain just can't comprehend all of it <laughs> it's a lot a lot i like i want i want to know like what the pitch would have been like for this tv show i'm i'm it's bonkers i also don't understand like all, with the exception of sir harvey harvey who seems fine so far all of these celebs are horrible people 
and horrible teachers it sounds like how how is how did the government sign off on messing with kids' education like this like it seems like a horrible social experiment that is very ethically banned <laughs> by all major All I will say is don't take it I know it's called the actual real reality of Jennifer James. Don't take it too realistically. I would say everyone kind of gets their just desserts at the end. So just keep that in mind. That's great. A bunch of kids literally ended up in a bar because their teacher lost them. I know. I know. I did feel bad. Um, I said it was kind of like, ouch, that Vicky's mom left her for a panpipe player in South America. It's a bit, it's a bit Poor rough Vicky. for Vicky. Um, <laughs> even rougher that Jennifer is saying that Vicky's lucky that that happened. Like, I get that she has her own issues with her mom, but damn, the teen callousness that can come out when they're so self-centered. I know. That's rough. That was rough. That was, I did not appreciate that. I felt kind of bad for, for Vicky. I uh, still think it's very unfair of the poor twins' parents to name them the way that they did. But they'll be fine. They'll, they'll recover from this. Their, friend, their friendship and sisterhood will bounce back, I hope. But, ugh, their parents are mean. Um... I really liked Jennifer's analogy that a woman needs a man like a fish needs a Gucci handbag. <laughs> I thought that was I really funny. I love her grip so much. She's so good. Who needs a man? None of us need a man. Nah, we're good. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe the fish really need Gucci handbags. We don't really know their side of the story. You know, maybe we're all wrong. She could be totally off. I think the fish will be okay without the Gucci handbags. Okay. <laughs> I have a, I have an inkling. My my stepmom um was is a trained fish biologist, so I will ask her next time uh-huh. I talk to her. Thank you. We will get confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't a joke, though. She is actually... I mean, she's a nurse practitioner now, but her degree was in fish biology. (laughs) Yay. Uh, I did really like the Abby Sparks thing at the end of the chapter, where Abby, like, called her and was like, well, maybe we can get you a new wardrobe. Like, let's vote for the underdog. It was really sweet. I'm hoping it's true niceness and not, like, a secret way for the producers to fuck Jennifer over. Um, I don't feel confident that she's not going to get completely fucked over by trusting Abby, but I'm hoping for the best because I feel like Jennifer deserves a makeover montage, especially with what Jocasta does to her by restricting everything. So I hope she gets her makeover montage for Abby. I think that would be really nice. And then my last comment, I got very, (laughs) probably irrationally angry uh, when Jennifer called Barbie a bimbo. <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe that's just me. But, like, Barbie taught a whole generation of girls that you can do anything you want and still feel good about how you look while you're doing it. And I love Barbie. 
and I'm glad that Barbie, like, in recent years has been expanding to include more diverse perspectives and, like, include more diverse voices in their marketing and how they do everything, but the original Barbie, like, still means a lot to me. Granted, were Barbie's proportions completely unrealistic? Yes. I understand that. It wasn't really about what her body type looked like. It was about the fact that she was a nurse and a pilot and a doctor and a taxi driver and a fashion model and a princess and whatever the hell Barbie wanted to be, Barbie could do it and she did great at it and made me think that I could also be a princess. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all the general commentary I had for this section. Sorry that was kind of long, but uh, I had a lot of feelings. Thank you. You covered everything. I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of pop culture references, too. So um, maybe we should just dive right into those. Uh, Julia, what did you have for the Vote for Your Mates September 13th through the 19th? I think I only had one, um, which was they have a text message going on between her and Vicky. And for some reason, my mind, I think because I was reading this probably around the same time, my mind immediately went to that. Did you ever read the book TTYL? Yes, I loved that book. I don't entirely through text. I don't remember what it was about, but I loved the book. I cannot either. (laughs) wait you know another book that's told in a really similar fashion but for adults what the boy is back by meg cavett oh it's told it's told entirely through texts and emails interesting Mm -hmm. i'll have to look at it i kind of want to go back and read t2yl again now that i remember it exists what th- I was um, literally thinking about it. The, I was literally thinking about it the other day. I actually might still have a copy of TTYL, but I feel like it's at my mom's house. Yeah, mine is definitely buried somewhere. I definitely have it. I just don't know where. I don't think I've looked at it since I first read it. <laughs> I don't even know that I can bring my library books from my mom's house. In, not library books, but like my books from my mom's house into my house because I don't think there's going to be space for them. I think I'm going to have to become your dad and like have a separate storage space for my books. It's a good idea. <laughs> I shouldn't be at the same level of book collection as your father at 26. Oh, the books you saw, though, that's, like, only half of his stuff. The rest are still in storage in the White Plains apartment. No, that's my point, because I remember we talked about that, that, like, your dad still had a ton of books in storage, and, like, I need to do that. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. What did you have? Oh, what didn't I have? (laughs) I'm excited to hear this. So, first off. I love, I love a good campaign timeline. Great plot point. Uh, Two main things come to mind. Um, First, I have two Harry Potter references. So that's the first thing. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Where do you think I'm going? Are you going to the, uh, the, um, Goblet of Fire stuff? That is one of them, yes. Okay. Um, so the first one, though, Jennifer says, because, like, the mates thing is, like, Marcus and Tallulah, like, blah, 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 something, right? And Jennifer says that their sign should say, Marcus and Tallulah eat slugs. 
Oh. So all I could think about was, I was like, mm, yep, Chamber of Secrets, Draco Malfoy vibes with what Veronica <laughs> Or what not, but Draco is Jennifer actually is Tallulah. Yeah, yeah, Jennifer's, Jennifer's Ron, but thankfully it doesn't backfire on Jennifer the way that it backfires on Ron. True, 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 true. <laughs> and then secondly, the other one is, like, the use of the buttons that they're, like, handing out remind me of the, like, vote for Cedric and then how they turn into, like, Potter stinks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very much. Same, same vibes. Um, and then the second reference, because I'm going back to my favorite analogy uh story for this book is princess diaries when lily forces mia to run for class president against lana and she comes up with the slogan pog for her which stands for princess of genovia and it irritates the crap out of mia but she like tries to get her dad she gets mia's dad to like make buttons and, like hands out all of these like pencils and pens and stuff that say like vote pog on them and Mia's like, I hate everything. So the use of, like, dumb slogans that are acronyms just... Yes. That's a good one. Very Princess Diaries. What's that? Book seven, I think? That's book seven? Book six it's, or book seven? Yeah, it's way later. It's later, yeah. Um, Marcus... Oh, wait, have you watched Never Have I Ever? Uh, the Netflix show? Yeah. No, I have not. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Um, well, there's, so there's this guy in there, um, named Paxton Hall Yoshida, or Paxton Yoshida Hall, I don't remember which order it goes in, but he's half Japanese, half white, um, and he's very good at some things, but also dumb as a bag of rocks, but will kind of, like, flirt with anyone who wants to talk to him, and has his eye on the main girl, Davy, and... Marcus is, like, giving me Paxton Hall Yoshida vibes, uh, and I just am picturing him in my head, like, whenever Marcus is there and talking, because it's very much like Paxton in early seasons, where he'll be, like, really nice to Davy and, like, talk to her and then just, like, disappear, and then she'll see him, like, flirting with someone else, and she's like, did I imagine it? Like, what is happening? I'm so confused. Because he's also confused. And, like, I just, I feel like that's Marcus. So, in my head, Marcus is half Japanese. Probably not what okay. Marcus is actually like in this book. But that's just all I can see when Marcus comes on screen. <laughs> hey, it works. It works. It works. Um, anytime anyone ever, this is not a pop culture reference limited to, to this story but anytime anyone ever says hasta la vista all that happens is that song from camp rock 2 oh, playing in God. my head <laughs> i didn't even think about but that now nah, that's gonna be stuck in the rest of my head for the, it's like hasta la vista in my head for the rest of the day. i don't want to say goodbye oh, no. to you what, don't however it goes. do this to me <laughs> oh, God. Give me number, are we going to sleep after this <laughs> Oh, I can't believe it. Uh, keeping, keeping with my theme of commenting on Disney t- movies, oh um, the whole speeches thing where they're, like, having to go up and, like, give the speech about why they should be voted for, but it's kind of just, like, free-for-all, reminds me of 
zombies. Um, but Zombies 2, this is a Disney movie. It's a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> zombies 2, when the wolves, so there's like a, a separate, okay. There's humans and there's zombies and they're like on the outs, but then they come closer together at the end of the first movie. So then the zombies and the humans are like chilling and they're all at high school together. And then the big bad is the wolves not the, in the second movie. Um, so the wolves break into the school and, like, interrupt all of the speeches that are being given (laughs) by the individuals running for class president. Um, and, yeah, I don't know, something, something of it just, like, really reminded me of, like, that whole scene, especially with the way they were giving the speeches and, like, the kind of things they were saying. It reminded me of the kind of speeches that were given in the zombies movie. But it does, I think, in general, like, that debate style where it's, like, more free-for-all and not, like, you have to stare at two people, like, debating back and forth. Um, it it ties to a lot of pop culture teen stuff. Uh, but I did think it was more fun than the other thing that came to mind when I thought about, like, people running for, like, class president or, or something, which was that I cannot... The Politician, that Ryan Murphy show with Ben Platt on Netflix. Like, that oh, was the other thing. I haven't thought about thing. that in a minute. I, that was the, I haven't watched the, the second season. But, like, that okay. was the other thing I was thinking about was, like, Ben Platt trying to get elected for class president in that show. That was intense. The, the, the entire show was around that, though. <laughs> I know. I get that. But, like, I was just... Uh, certain moments when he's like up on stage like auditioning is not the right word <laughs> campaigning <laughs> it was just it well was you are kind of auditioning yeah right everything's musical theater come on exactly exactly um okay the fact that this is a lot of pop culture references on one thing, so I'm sorry. The fact that Jennifer voted for Marcus instead of herself, and that we know she definitely did not get enough votes to win, right? Those With those two key facts in mind, I had some, some other pop culture references. So okay. the first one um, is a situation that mirrors the amount of votes Jennifer probably got, but where the person who got that many votes actually lost. It reminded me of the episode of Gilmore Girls where Jackson is running against Taylor for town selectman. And no one votes for Taylor because they all hate him. But Jackson does. And then he's like, I don't even want to be town selectman. And they're all like, wow, we love you, Jackson. And then he's stuck with the job anyways. It reminded me of that. I thought that was really funny. Uh, It also, there was an episode of Veronica Mars where one of the, like, just, like, emo rebel kids was running for for class president, and she was running against Duncan Kane, who's, like, a prep rich boy, and Duncan won, but everyone said 
there are so many people said that they voted for the other girl. So Veronica Mars goes on this whole like mission to uncover what happened. And it turns out the preps who were TAing for the teacher that ran the election like had rigged it so that everyone thought they were voting for the other girl, but they were actually voting for Duncan. Um, and they like made this whole complicated scheme and Veronica <laughs> uncovers all of it. Wasn't the administration actively doing it, but the administration let them use their copy code to make all of the Scantron sheet thingies. So, kind of the same as what Miss Mooney's doing. And then the last one, I was just rethinking about this the other day and it popped into my head. But uh, I don't know. I know you've seen a Harry Potter musical, right? Have you seen? Oh, yeah. Have you seen a Harry Potter senior year? No. Okay. So there's a scene in a Harry Potter senior year where both Harry and Draco are running for head boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Harry only gets two votes. And hey, one of, oh, my God. And one of them is Draco. Draco votes for Harry. Because <laughs> Draco Wait, I need wants to watch to, this. Draco wants Wait, is this Starkid? Yeah. It was a Oh my it, god. So it was after it was after Darren got on Glee. But they okay. managed to get him to come back and they did like a a reading of the show at LeakyCon one year. Yeah. So it's filmed at LeakyCon. Some of them have their lines fully memorized in their off book. A lot of them are carrying the scripts around, but they're still using props, they're still doing the songs. Like it's still a pretty full musical, even though it's like a scripted read through. Um <laughs> It's great. I love, I love I, a very I need to watch year. this. It's so funny. But yeah, so there's a whole head boy election, and Draco wants Harry to be his friend. <laughs> so he votes for Harry because he thinks Harry would make the better head boy anyways. Oh my god. So Jennifer voting for Marcus was, yeah. Yep. Um... I, I did, like, so it was funny when they were in this chapter talking about how there was that um, MP that, like, asked to be on the show because he wanted to, like, fix his image. Um, if you remember that, I, I just wanted to say, like, I would not be surprised if they sent that MP onto the show just because he asked because reality TV is crazy enough to do that. How else... Did Sean Spicer get on Dancing with oh the Stars? Oh my god, yeah. True. Oh my god. I How, forgot um, about that. <laughs> I watched that season live as it was happening and I was so uncomfortable every time he danced. I can't. That was terrible. I wonder who was behind that. Somebody definitely got money from that. His PR agent was behind it. I'm telling you, they're just, and Dancing with Stars is like, great, we need more contestants that will get voted off early. Works for us. He made That's it way so farther fun. than he should have because Trump voters was, watch a lot of Dancing with Stars. No, I bet he was paying. He had to be paying someone. I No, it would not surprise me if there were a bunch of Trump voters who have nothing else to do but watch Dancing with the Stars and spam votes. Oh my god. It would not surprise me. If Trump went on Dancing with the Stars, he would win. Well, he would win because of Putin rigging the vote for him. 
Anyway. <laughs> I'm not silent. I'm just laughing too hard. Oh my god. Putin's a little busy right now. Causing human rights violations. Yes. yes. To help Trump get on Dancing with the Stars. Which, you know what? I'd rather see Trump on Dancing with the Stars than what's currently going on in the world. But, oh well. Um, anyways, uh, the poor... <laughs> the poor teachers having to, like, try and actually, like, continuously teach interesting TV-ready lessons so that they can get, like, the right level of points and, like, stay involved in the competition. Like, I feel bad for them because it's, like, a lot of work to try to do those, like, engaging, like, TV dynamic lessons, but it feels like the opposite of what happened when Umbridge was High Inquisitor. Like, what they're doing with the teachers is, like, giving them the carrot instead of the stick and trying, but still trying to motivate them into the same direction, right? Because they don't want them to actually teach the students. They want them to give them things that'll look good on TV. Umbridge didn't want them to actually teach the students. She wanted them to make the students bored as fuck. <laughs> so that they yeah. didn't learn anything and went revolt against the ministry carrot and stick she was sending people home they're motivating them with a better job <laughs> just saying uh and then i may be misremembering this you i think you've seen this movie so you might know but jennifer is like wondering about whether Tallulah had a boob job reminds me of the movie Aquamarine because I feel like there's a whole conversation between Jojo's character and Emma Roberts' character who both don't really have boobs because they're like, you know, normal teenagers. Yeah. And Ari the Ariel Kebble character like does yeah. have boobs and they like go through this whole thing like wondering whether she's had a boob job and that's why the lifeguard is like into her. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're so right though. <laughs> okay, good. That happen. did actually happen. Yes. Alright, yeah. <laughs> Did, didn't we watch that together, or am I making that up? We did. We did, we did. watch that together. <laughs> wow. I was yeah. trying to... I was telling Skyla... Well, last night, actually, I had some fish food ice cream, and I asked Skyla if she wanted a couple bites of it, because she already ate all of her ice cream. She didn't have any left. And so I was like, do you want a couple bites of my ice cream? She's like, yes. And so I let her try a couple, and then she was, like, chewing on something, and she's like there's something hard in here. Is that supposed to happen? I was like, yeah. And she's like, what is this? It kind of tastes like chocolate, but also like waffle cone. And I was like, no, it's chocolate. It's a chocolate fish. And she's like, what? What? And I was like, it's a little chocolate fish. It's called fish food. And she's like, oh my God, what? Because she's never had fish food ice cream before. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to experience fish food ice cream for the first time again. It's my favorite. It's so good. So then I was telling her about the movie Aquamarine and then I was like, oh wait, Skyla's from the H2O generation. She doesn't know oh Aquamarine. <laughs> you need to make her watch it. I feel like it's still like a relevant movie. I agree. I think she would like it. If she likes H2O, yeah. I think she'll like Aquamarine. Yeah. You get a cute guy in it. You get fun girl dynamics. You get 
the whole mermaids. romance thing, mermaids, like everything is in that. It's like a summer movie. Talking it's the perfect earrings, summer movie. It's great. Yeah, exactly. The talking surface. Carnivals, so fun. <laughs> so it's so everything. Fun. Oh, maybe I'll go to the carnival this weekend. Or the boardwalk this weekend. That would be really fun. I'm gonna look into that. Anyways, that has nothing to do with this. Uh, so, okay, my last one for this section. <laughs> I had so many pop culture references. It's as much as I had general commentary. Uh, Tallulah is giving Regina George vibes, where she doesn't even really, like, want Marcus, but she just doesn't want Jennifer to have him, so she's trying to yeah. make him off limits. Same thing Regina did with Aaron Samuels. Yeah. Toxic. Yeah, and it... Also reminds me of the feud that Lara Jean has with Jen into All the Boys I Loved Before because, like, she both, like, wants and doesn't want Peter but doesn't like the idea of him being with Lara Jean. And so she just yep. makes everyone miserable. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of feels like that's what Tallulah's going for right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just watched the third movie. Um, Skyla hadn't seen it yet, Aww. and I, uh, I thought I've already seen it, but I rewatched it with her. And it's cute. But it was funny, because she had a friend spend the night, and they were both like, we want them to break up. We want them to break up. And I'm like, what? Damn. Oh my it's god. They're like, we don't like Peter. Lara Jean deserves better than Peter. And I was like, okay. They're like, yeah, move to New York, Lara Jean. You're going to find someone so much better than Peter. Oh, no. Poor Peter. I think it's Noah Centineo's fault because he kind of went on a downhill trajectory after the first movie and he just didn't look as, like, enticing, I think, to the teenage girls by the time the third movie rolled around, so they just weren't attracted to him anymore. Oh, no. But it was so funny. They were savage. Um, But yeah, so I just watched that the other day. So it was top top of mind. Um, Okay. What did you have for the 20th through the 26th? The most unpopular girl in our year. Um, I had two. Um, I had... (laughs) It feels somehow wrong, but... Effie and Abby Sparks just remind me so much of each other, like, in that they, like, just want to help the main character. They want to help Katniss. They want to help Jennifer. And it seems like they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts, even though, like, what they're actually working with, you know, like, the TV production, the Hunger Games, is questionable. But they're like, I want to help you. I want to give you the makeover. We're going to have the best time ever. And, like, we're going to, you know, make sure that the underdog wins this time around. Like, very similar vibes there. Um, Except that Effie is just a little bit loopier. True. But I love that reference. I think that's a great comparison. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, And then the other one I have is a little bit, like... Not niche, but it's a little bit more, um, not as popular. Uh, mm-hmm. There was this, I had to check the name of this. That's how, I'm like, not super mainstream it is. But there was this movie that came out, I think it was last year. Or maybe it was the year before. With Steve Carell and Rose Byrne. Where mm-hmm. they are these political figures, political consultants who, well, first it's Steve Carell, which reminds me of Storm, where... 
they're going to this small town and wreaking havoc. So, like, Steve Carell's character is going and basically convincing this old guy to run for mayor and, like, change the town from, I think, being, like, Republican or Democrat to the other. I don't remember which, what the whole premise was. Um, but, like, just, like, absolutely wreaking havoc. Like, the entire, ta- the entire town shows up. It's, like, it all changes. Blah, blah, blah. There's an underlying factor in that particular story, but it reminds his character reminds me so much of Storm's character, where he's like very he clearly doesn't really know how to talk to this particular group of people. And like at least Steve Carell's character kind of tries, but isn't really getting there. Storm just doesn't even try. Like he's like, ah, I'm gonna act like I'm in Hollywood and talking to these like little kids. Like, yeah. You're talking about Irresistible? Yes. I haven't seen it. it. I just was looking him up on on IMDb. But now I want to watch the Steve Carell movie. Do you know if it's on anything that I can just, like, stream it? Um, That's actually a good question. I think I rented it with my parents off Amazon. So I'm not 100% sure. Oh, what's your, what was your dad's reaction to it? Um, I think it was considered mediocre. So, probably in regular people terms, that means it's good. <laughs> That's just very critical. I think it was all for all of us. Was, I think, I don't honestly fully remember it. I think it had a kind of surprising ending, which felt like it wasn't really, they didn't really think it through. Like, it was, we got what they were trying to do, but it was like kind of weird at the same time. I don't know. I get that. I It's... <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll watch it and I'll let you know my thoughts. It's on HBO, so I'll watch it and let you know my thoughts. Perfect. Completely unrelated to the podcast about a new <laughs> YA girl, but <laughs> anyway, what are your pop culture references? How many did you get for this one? About a page again. <laughs> okay, so the egging of like school in school officials um in relation to like a protest happening reminds me a lot of season three of veronica mars there's these girls who are in this organization called the lilith house and they egg the dean because he won't get rid of the greek system (laughs) and they're mad because they think the greeks are raping all the girls on campus and so they want Uh the greek system gone and like they the dean doesn't want the greek system gone because the greek system brings him a lot of money mm-hmm. and chaos unfolds um also i'm fairly confident that verona's high school had a goat mascot and one of the episodes centered around the goat getting stolen and her having to track it down but it may oh, have <laughs> it may have been that they had that her school had a Actually, I think her school had a parrot mascot because they were the pirates. And another school was the mountain goats or something. And the they thought the other school stole the parrot, so they stole the goat. A goat got stolen. There was a though. goat in there somewhere. <laughs> a goat was in the episode. Okay. Uh, the This is a deep cut that... I think you'll appreciate. Um, when Jennifer, like, compares Tallulah's body to Britney Spears, um, but, like, tying that with the fact that they're, like, teenagers and, like, trying to look like Britney Spears, but they obviously don't look like Britney Spears, 
reminds me of, I, it might even be the pilot, but like one of the early, early episodes of Lizzie McGuire where she has that red Britney Spears like crop top and she wants to wear it for picture day, but she knows her mom won't let her wear it. And so she has to like wear this ugly sweater that her grandma got her instead and she tries to sneak the crop because she wants to look like Britney Spears for picture day um so Lizzie McGuire deep cut no teenager alive knows that tv show no (laughs) but boy did I love it as a child uh is the way so you had a Hunger Games reference I also have a Hunger Games Oh, great minds think alike. Um, the way that Jennifer introduces the other classmates competing was very much like Katniss explaining the tributes from the other districts in the Hunger Games. She's like, she pays attention to some. She's like, oh yeah, that one's like an actual contender. Like that person might do anything. And then she's like, and then there's some freshmen. And like, I don't care about them. Because <laughs> she just expects they're going to die. Or get voted off. <laughs> so, yeah, that felt felt very alike. And then I also um, thought that, you know, with, like, how Abby was, like, interviewing them, like, trying to make them feel at ease, very Caesar Flickerman. Yes. Once they're actually there and, like, doing their interviews <laughs> and, like, trying to garner... <laughs> So Abby is Effie and Caesar Flickerman she in one is character. The goodness of the capital embodied. Yes. <laughs> Not that Caesar was like actually that good, but eh, eh, debatable. It also reminded me of um the selection because they were always getting interviewed by the host on Fridays and like having to talk about <laughs> themselves. And they always felt really awkward and uncomfortable. Um, and it just, it seems in general, like, Jennifer's feelings about being on TV directly correlated to both America and Katniss's feelings about being on TV. Yep. (laughs) So that was appreciated. Um, Um, the, I, I know I mentioned this when we were actually talking about the stuff, but the butt cream thing really did remind me of, like, straight up episodes of Too Hot to Handle, which I I don't know how many people actually watch this show on Netflix, but, like, the whole premise is they're not allowed to do things that are sexual because they need to learn how to build emotional connections. Um, but a lot of times people will try to skirt the rules, so they'll, like, rub sunscreen on another person's back and then, like, try to, like, go down oh and, like, touch, touch their butt, but try to make it oh, look oh as God. not sexual as possible so they don't lose money for the group. And get accused of groping. <laughs> but they want the contact. Oh my god. <laughs> so I was just all instantly right. reminded of them doing that when they're all in swimsuits. I can't... Because half the people in the show are British. Like, I can't help it. It's just... Definitely not a teen thing, though. Teens do not watch that show. It's very bad. Uh, This isn't tied to the actual plot of anything that happened at all but it's just like a comment made me think about a book that I haven't thought about in years where um Jennifer makes a comment about Tallulah becoming an actress slash singer slash airhead and I was like oh my god 
Airhead. That's another Meg Cabot book. You and your Meg Cabot. Did you read Airhead? No, I did not. So Airhead, I haven't read it in years. I've literally probably not read it since I was like 14. Um, But it's about someone who something happens and they end up getting stuck. Like their brain gets stuck in a supermodel's body. But they're just like an average teen. That sounds like such a 2000s story premise. Like the amount of stories that are similar to that. That came out at that time were in the 90s. Well, I'm pretty sure like Meg Cabot also writes about the opposite happening from a Lifetime movie in Mia's in one of the Princess Diary books. Oh, God. It's very Lifetime movie. Like that is true. Which we know Meg Cabot watched a lot of to write the Princess Diaries. But yeah, I just, yeah. I haven't, I hadn't thought about that book in years. Because it wasn't one of my favorite of hers. And um, the comment, I was just like, oh my god. Wait. There's a Meg Cabot book for this situation. <laughs> um, Kelly, not keeping on my theme of, of Meg Cabot, Kelly not speaking to Jennifer only now because Kelly didn't get elected and she's mad about it. Very reminiscent of every time Lily stops talking to Mia in the Princess Diaries over something asinine that isn't Mia's fault. Yeah. Um, I also really loved, so this is kind of interesting from a cultural difference between the UK and the US. But, like, in the UK, culturally, when, at least I feel like for YA novels, when girls need to, like, deal with something or there's a sport that the girls have to play in PE, it's always field hockey. Like, field hockey in the UK is just, like, the thing that you do, right? Yeah. And it comes up in Angus Long's Imperfect Snogging. Like, they do play field hockey. Well, that's (laughs) also in that one Emma... Um, Robert's movie? Do you know Wild Child? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. But I thought it was interesting because I feel like most of the time when we have a U.S. equivalent, it's lacrosse. Lax. Lax. Because, like, they do similar thing. Like, Mean Girls, I think they play lacrosse. Not field hockey. They play lacrosse. And, um... Teen Wolf. I mean, he, like, actually is on the lacrosse team, but they have a... Mm -hmm. They fight out a lot of their issues on the lacrosse field (laughs) in Teen Wolf. And it's just such an interesting phenomenon where, like, the sport that we have decided as a literary community is the one that people are going to have to play in PE is the the most violent sports where kids are allowed to have sticks. I know. What happened to soccer? Like, come on. (laughs) I know. It's interesting. Mm, Wild. Um, So, yeah, anyways, it just reminded me of that. It's, like, very quintessential teen, but differences in what sport is played, uh, depending on whether, what side of the pond you're on. Uh, And then (laughs) when Jennifer runs into Marcus in the hall and they have their, their awkward little moment air quotes um 
all I can hear while I was, like, all I could hear while I was reading that section is I can hear the bells from Hairspray. Oh my god, okay. Like, when she runs into Link in the hallway and then she's just, like, imagining their wedding. And then she's like, wait, what just happened? Like, that was very much what their moment felt like to me. Where he has no idea it's happening and she's just, like, having this epiphany that she's in love with um i think we talked about this in an earlier or in our intro episode but if the twins ever feel bad about getting like challenged on the show or like having issues on this particular show there are so many other tv shows that they could go on in this stead of like this um particularly british ones so um glow up I don't know if you've ever seen that on Netflix, but it's a makeup reality TV show. And when they have their, like, elimination part of every episode, they give each makeup artist a brief. And they have to do something like do the perfect red lip in five minutes or something. And that'll be, like, they have to do that. And their models that they have to do it on are always identical twins so that they can, like, confirm who did it actually better. Oh, I see. So, Maddie and Maddie could still have a future in entertainment yeah. by going on Glow Up as the twins <laughs> at the end of every episode. Imagine if one of them actually does win this, too. Be really the funny. other one. That'd be funny. It'd be good. I don't think it's going to happen, but no, it'd no. be interesting. Um, they could also replace Peach and Pear in What a Girl Wants. You know, there's always room, or Parent Trap, there's always room for, for twins in Hollywood. Um, and then I'm I'm pretty sure there was also a pair of twins on America's Next Top Model one season. So they could also, if they wanted to go to that side, try out for British, British Next Top, English's, England's Next Top Model? I don't know. UK's Next Top Model? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bright future for them in entertainment if that's what they want to chase down with their twinness so i i hope for the best for them uh and then lastly like a couple of things here this wow this is chaos bullet i wrote like four pop culture references in two sentences so give me a second kelly's attack where she like jumps on the stage and goes after veronica kind of was like a dementor attack honestly so i didn't blame jennifer for wanting chocolate afterwards because it's healing. <laughs> um, it also reminded me of, um, like, when town halls get interrupted. Or, like, people go all crazy um, and just, like, storm up on stage or, like, start screaming and yelling at, at town halls in TV. So, it happens a little bit in season four of Veronica Mars, though not as insane. Happens a lot in Parks and Rec. Like, all the crazy people that show up to Leslie Nope's town halls and just scream about whatever random stuff they want to happen that makes no logical sense. And then I also feel like something like this happens where someone actually storms the stage because they're upset with, like, a policy choice um, in the wedding date or party of two, but I don't remember which one. One of the Jasmine Guillory books in the wedding date series because um, some of the characters in those books work in the, like, 
Oakland Berkeley political scene and people get like really really upset about some of the choices that they make so someone gets like put in lockdown and gets yelled at in one of the books um similarly so reminded me of of those things that was all I had though I just remembered another one when we were talking about the goats mm-hmm. in sex education I think it you've, have you seen sex education Mm-mm. Oh, I love that show. Also, British school in a random place. Um, that one, though, one of the characters, Amy, I don't remember what his name is, gives a, or I, I think she gives the goat to her boyfriend so that they can, like, take care of a child together or something. It was something very weird. So there's just this goat that he's carrying around the school. <laughs> he has to take care of the goat. Casual, yeah, makes total sense. Way more convenient and makes more sense than an egg. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that was my other one I just thought of while you were talking. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Absolute craziness. I I cannot. Um, Okay, Julia, I I think it's time for MVPs. Is your pick... Ah, crap. Um, okay. I know. I know who I'm going to give my MVP to this year. This this year. This year. <laughs> We're this done session. after this. <laughs> my MVP for this session is going to be Jennifer's dad. Do we know his name? I like that one. No. no. Um, <laughs> but I'm very proud of him for standing up to Jocasta and for supporting his daughter and being there for her even though he doesn't really know what he's doing he's he's being a good dad in these chapters and letting his daughter pursue her dreams and wanting the best for her so yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Jennifer's dad I support that I am going to go with Abby which I feel like isn't too surprising because I've been talking about her a lot but I like that she is trying I would say clearly trying to help the students and kind of figures out pretty quickly early on that Jennifer is the underdog and like she needs a lot of confidence boosting and she needs the wardrobe change which kind of goes with the confidence boosting like I like that she's just there for her and she tries to make things she tries to really show Jennifer that she is on her side like there is somebody there who can help her because I think Jennifer really needs that I mean she's getting that obviously sort of from um vicky but like it's just nice to have an adult there who's on her side you know like her dad is sort of supportive but more just like in a neutral way so well it's nice to have someone who has resources to help too yes not too (laughs) yeah very good no i think that's great choice what about your wine rating all right this might be controversial (gasps) i'm not gonna do wine I'm going oh. to say six out of ten for Loco. Like, there is just a lot of ups and downs in these sections, and it is pure chaos Absolute from the very chaos. start. Yeah. Like, the amount of, like, from the elections to the end where, like, some someone's in the middle of chaining themselves to a tree, Storm's letter, there's so much that has you just, like, 
try to digest everything and you cannot possibly digest it all because it's like once you get over the one hill there's another hill <laughs> that just slaps you in the face it's like four loco where like you're still young and you're like i can take on this four loco no problem <laughs> and like two three cans later you have absolutely no alcohol tolerance you are smashed <laughs> so yes it's just a lot like six out of ten in that like there's just a lot to going on, right? Yeah. That clearly Jennifer is overwhelmed. Um, and she's trying to get by. We're kind of overwhelmed with the amount of information that we're getting. Like, there's a lot in these two sections. The amount of names that we're given is, like, if we didn't have that kind of map at the beginning of the book, we'd probably be sitting here like, what? who is this person? Who is Harvey Harvey? <laughs> I'm so. still lost, to be honest. I need to yes. do a better job of flipping back and forth between the cast list and the story. Um, it's hard. It's hard. It's so hard. It's very overwhelming for such a small, yes. seemingly innocuous book, but <laughs> damn, it comes at you. <laughs> yeah, it does. What's your whiny rating? Uh, it's so when I feel like last week I said ten out of ten because they were just so obnoxious. <laughs> I think I'm gonna I'm gonna decrease up at one. I'm gonna go nine out of ten this week. Oh, okay. I think there were even though a guy chained himself to a tree. Yeah, but it wasn't angsty. He was just psychotic. True. <laughs> he didn't do it out of angst. He did it out of anger. <laughs> That is true. Like, if we think about the teen angst that we're actually seeing in this chapter, like, there's still so much of it. Jennifer's trying to figure out her feelings for Marcus, is angry that he's talking to Tallulah, thinks Tallulah's a slut. Like, there's so much happening. But I also think compared to where we were in the first section, um, Jennifer is finding a little bit more, like, joy and positivity than she was when we first met her. Not a lot. She's still very negative in a lot of ways, but she's trying to, like, find the lightheartedness and find light moments, and um, that little bit of that, like, hope and lightness shining through, even though it was minor, brought it, brought it down a point for me. But there's still so much whining <laughs> and complaining it is a and true insanity. Yeah, just, I will say, going back to the name of the podcast, I feel like much of this book's angst is unnecessary. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. So we're probably going to have consistently high whining ratings. <laughs> I if, if I drop below a 7 at any point, I'm going to shock myself, honestly. Oh, I would, I would be shocked. I just thinking about what's ahead. Yeah, I would be very shocked. There's a lot still that happens. Uh, it's giving me whiplash because we came from a book where I was handing out like ones and twos, and now I'm like complete Woo! opposite end of the spectrum. But it's point podcast, so it works. It works. Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, Julia. Somehow we made it through. <laughs> I am so proud of us. So, so proud of us. Um, so if anyone is somehow still listening to this, which kudos to you if you are. This is a long episode. Um, but 
Thank you for listening. You can follow us on social media um, if you want to follow along or just chat with us about what's going on. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Unnecessary Angst Pod. We're on Twitter at Unangst Pod. And you can also email us at unnecessaryangstpod at gmail.com. And with that, we're going to go to bed. Woo! So. <laughs> us in our late night recordings Um, but thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next week bye bye